start off by saying uh, how proud we are of you. Um, just on behalf of the directors and man, y'all busted your tails for the last three uh, three days. So y'all give yourself a hand. Can you do that? I think I think. Uh, I talked to Daniel just a minute ago and kind of asked him how many projects he thought and of that he knows of we've done 50 but he thinks there's probably a few more random acts of kindness and and stuff like that so 50 plus in three days is not bad you did a you did a great job okay um, so y'all heard some good preaching this week so far right been good so I'm grateful that we have just a, a team of people that can come up here and just preach God's word to you what makes us different from other camps is that we don't hire outside people we just uh, ask people to, to bring the word to you who's on the trip with you and uh, we feel like that just makes it uh, so much better so um, I just want to speak to you tonight for a little bit um, several years ago Probably seven, eight years ago, I went out on a, a, a sabbatical, just a, a time just to get away um, from everything going on in my life. I was going through a rough spell um, in my life, dealing with depression, feeling down, not knowing uh, which way was up. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Stinks. It's hard. It's dark, Right. And, and, um, and I remember just getting away and, and just uh, praying, um, God, what's next for me? I don't know what to do. I feel lost. I feel confused. And I remember when I was out uh, by myself laying out in this, this field, um, just surrounded by trees, and I remember I laid back. And I was just praying and pleading to God, God, what's next for me? And, and I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I saw, I saw the death birds. You know what I'm talking about? The death birds were above me. And, and they began to get lower and lower. You know, and they, they got so low that they were right around the, the, the tree line. And I remember sitting in that field, and, and I set up, and I began to look around for like a dead animal, like... You know, they're like coming to eat this thing that's dead next to me. And, you know, and, and I could hear, they were so close, I could, just, I could hear them, you know. And, and like they were on the prowl, ready to eat something dead. <laughs> you know, and, and um, as I looked around, didn't see anything, anything like that. I laid back again, and as I laid back, they began to make their way somewhere else. They, they flew off. And I, I remember thinking how odd that was. And so I just went back to praying, God, what is it? What is it that you want from me next? And it was in that moment that God began to speak something to my heart. And he said this, Shane, those birds were for you. Those birds were to get your attention. Because if you really want what's next for you, there are some things that I'm going to have to put to death in you. And I was like, wow, God, that's not fun. I thought I was good. I mean, I know I, I have sin, and I know, but that sounds painful. I, I don't know that I want to go through that. 
our, our passage of scripture that we've been reading all week. I was going to point this out this, this week. I think everybody that's spoken has at least uh, quoted our, our theme scripture uh, once, uh, and I don't think that's ever happened. So if Mark doesn't do it tomorrow night, we can all boo him real bad, okay? So, but I'm going to read it to you again. 2 Timothy uh, 4, 12 says, Do not let anyone think less of you because you are young, but be an example to all believers in what you say and in, in how you live in your love, your faith, and your purity. It says, be an example, right? Our camp t-shirts um, have the definition of example on it. It says this, one that serves as a pattern to be imitated. Or the, the other definition is to behave in a way that others should copy. So listen, we're going to get very real right off the bat, okay? We're going to have a very real, honest survey. I want you to be very honest in your heart, okay? I'm going to ask you some questions based on 1 Timothy 4.12. And it's this, are you behaving in a way that people should copy in the way that you speak. Think about your life over the last couple months. Are you behaving in a way that other people should copy in the way that you speak? If you would say, no, I'm really not being a good example of that, would you be bold enough to raise your hand? Okay. Honest survey. This is why I love you guys. You'll be honest. Here's another one. Are you behaving in a way that other people should copy in the way that you're living your life right now? If you would say, no, I'm really not doing that, would you raise your hand? Okay. Are you behaving in a way that other people should copy in the way that you love other people? If you're really not doing a good job of that right now, would you raise your hand? Okay. Are you behaving in a way uh, that other people should copy in the way that you live out your faith? If you're not doing a good job of that, would you raise your hand? Shabby spoke on this last night, right? And one more. Are you behaving in a way that other people should copy in the way that you live out your purity? If you're not doing a good job of that, would you raise your hand? That's a hard one, isn't it? Oh, I don't know about that. Right? Listen, thank you for being honest, and, and I'm raising my hand with you. Let me tell you, there's nobody perfect here. There's no adult leader in this room that would say they're not flawed in some way. We're, we're, we're in it with you, okay? So there's no judgment here, but listen to me. This is what that tells me, is that like me, you have some death birds flying over the top of you. Okay? There's some death birds flying over the top of you. And if you really want to be the example that God has called you to be, if you really want to know what's next for you, then you're going to have to allow God to put to death some of this stuff in your life. See, there was a, a process that, that God took me through as I laid in that field and he began to show some of the stuff that he needed to put to death in my own life. There was a process that I had to go to, and that's what I want to share with you 
uh, in my time with you um, tonight. And, and there's really four words, and I'm going to give them to you up front. Ready? It's renew, refine, remember, and repent. Can you say it with me? Renew, refine, remember, and repent. Renew, refine, remember, and repent. Go. Renew, refine, remember, and repent. Go. New, refine, remember, and repent. You. One more time. All right, very good. So, you may not get anything else out of this, but I guarantee you, you'll be able to walk up to me and tell me the four words, right? So, let's talk about those four words real quick. The word renew, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Three words pop out here, conform, transform, and renewing, right? Conform means this, to adapt, to fit in, to match, or to copy. The, the New Living Translation says it this way, do not copy the behavior or customs of the world. Do not be a copy of the world, right? But we're, we're to be a copy that somebody should follow, and, and, and we should be the example of Christ, but, but instead it says, do not copy the behaviors of the world. But then it says this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you. You want to know what God's will is for you? There's a process that you have to go through. A process of renewing your mind because then, when, that, when the renewing is done, then you will know what God's will is for your life. It talks about being transformed, that God wants to transform you. The word transform is, is, comes from the Greek word metamorpho. That, that's our English word metamorphosis, right? It's the um, uh, caterpillar to the butterfly kind of thing. Where the, 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 caterp the caterpillar weaves its cocoon, and then when it's ready, it, it comes out, and it's this beautiful butterfly. And it's this idea, this, this metamorphosis idea, this transformed idea, is that it, it changes from one form to another. And, and if you look up the, the definition, the, the dictionary definition, it'll say something like, a, a, a change in character and form, especially by supernatural means. Listen, God wants to supernaturally transform you from one form to another. And he does that by renewing your mind. The word, the word renewing, is, it means to renovate. To renovate. My, my wife and I, we, uh, we like to watch those home renovation shows. Anybody else like to watch those? Okay. So one of, one of the ones we watch is Love It or List It. So if you, if you haven't seen Love It or List It, it kind of goes like this. There, there's a couple, and usually one of, the, one of the individuals wants to move out of the house. They're like, I'm sick of this house. I don't want to live in here. It's not big enough. It doesn't fit what we need. I want to move. And the other one's like, no, we can fix it. It's fine. We're going to stay here in this house and it's going to be our forever house, you know. And, and then, then there's a realtor in the show and what his job is is to go out and look for a, a new home 
for this couple. And then there's a contractor who is there to renovate um, the house. And, and the realtors, do we have any realtors here tonight? No? Okay. This is, if there is, there's, this is just an illustration, and you'll see why I said that in a minute. But um, I really like realtors. But um, so the realtor, the, his job on the show, his only job is um, he wants to get them out of the house. It, it's no good for you. It's going to be way better over here if you'll just move out of the house. But, but the contractor sees the potential she walks into the house and she already sees the potential of the existing house. She already has a plan in mind of how she's going to renovate this house. And it's going to be something great. And it's going to be something that the, the realtor can't fulfill and the realtor can't find for them. What, what she's going to create for them is going to be way better than what the realtor can find for them. And, and throughout the show, the, the realtor will take them to different houses and, and show them these extravagant houses. And, and many times it's like way over their budget, you know, and it's this huge house and, they're, and they guess how much it is. How much do you think this is worth? And it's like 500000 over their budget. And they're like, why are we standing here right now? You know, we can't even afford it. And then after that, they'll get to go see the progress that's being made on their existing house. And they, they walk into their existing house and they see that the floors have been ripped out and walls have been removed and their favorite fireplace is now in shambles on the ground and cabinets have been ripped out and, and the contractor's kind of like, what do you think? Right? And they're like, uh, that was my, my great-grandfather built that fireplace, you know, and and, and it kind of hurts, and I'm stressed out, and I just don't see your vision, and, and I don't know what's going on here. And, and, and the contractor say something like, listen, if you will just trust me, if you'll just trust me, when this process is done, it's going to be amazing. You're going you're gonna to love it. And then the final reveal comes, right, and they, they walk into the house, and, and, and they begin to say stuff like, this doesn't even look like what I remember it looking like. This is, this is so much better, so much brighter, so much bigger. I never knew that if we took out the 100-year-old fireplace that we'd have so much more room. I never knew that, that if we renovated this place that it would be so much better than we could have ever imagined. So where am I going with this? You are the house. You are are the house. And I want to tell you that there's a realtor, there's, that you have a very real enemy who tries to come and convince you that your house is not good enough. That your house is too confined and, and he tries to convince you that, you're living, that living for God is way too hard and that uh, there's too many rules to follow and that reading your Bible is just way too hard to understand and that uh, you're never going to be good enough for God. You're never going to be good enough for the church. But if you would just come over here and see what I have for you over here. It's, it's extravagant over here. It's perfect for you. You can live however you want to live. You can make any decision that you want to make. 
It's all good over here. Can I tell you something? That, that on the real show, when the, when the realtor takes them into a house, the house is always empty. They walk into this extravagant house with high walls, but it's always empty. The house is just a house. It's not a home. It's empty every single time. But uh, when you come, come alongside the, the contractor, God, when you choose to really get serious and pursue God, spend some time with him, hear from him, and, and see how the changes that he's making in your life. And yes, renovation hurts. Renovation is a process, and it, it means ripping out some floors and tearing down some walls in your heart and in your life. It, it hurts, but when you begin to see the changes um, that he's making in your house, then you'll begin to see the potential and the greatness of your house that the contractor saw all along before any changes were ever made. So, so who's the house? You are. Will you hear me tonight? God sees you differently than you see yourself. Did you know that? He sees you differently than, than you see yourself. And, and the more time that you spend pursuing him, the less time that you're going to spend conforming to the world. You're, the less time you're going to spend chasing after something that looks so much better, but in reality, it's just empty. It's going to leave you unfulfilled. It's going to leave you wanting more when you chase the world, when you conform uh, to the world. But the more and more uh, you chase after God, the more and more you're going to begin to see yourself through the eyes of the one that created you in his very image. And listen, when you begin to see yourself through his eyes, that's when the renewing process of your mind is completed. When you see yourself the way God sees you, he wants to renew your mind. What was the second word? Refine. See, when your mind is renewed, then, then God can begin the refining process. Okay, Proverbs 17.3 says this, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. That word test is, can also be translated refined. So that verse could read, uh, Fire refines silver and gold, and God refines the heart. Y'all know what this is? It's a rock. You see it? It's a rock. It looks like a rock. You know what this really is? It's gold ore. It's real gold. It just hasn't been through the refining process. It's been drilled out of the ground where there was gold, but it hasn't been through the refining process yet. I looked up a, a little video on what it takes to refine gold. And I found it very interesting. I'm going to take you through the, the, the quick points of it that I found interesting. The first process of, of refining gold is, is this. There is a crushing and a grinding stage. Okay? So, so gold ore comes out of the ground looking like this. Okay? But it goes through a crushing and, and refining stage. And what that... That stage is, is that 
it is separated out, or what the, the video said it this way, it is liberated. It is set free from the mud and the, and the clay and the rock that is all around the gold. It, it, it removes outside forces so that the gold can be free. In our lives, listen, we're like, we're like unrefined gold. We have so much mud and rock and dirt around us and we need to be liberated we need to need to be separated uh, we need to go through this crushing uh, process uh, and grinding process okay maybe some bad relationships you need to be separated from those maybe some bad habits you need to be separated from those things the second process is this is uh, then it goes through a dissolving stage where they they add acids to it okay and and what the acids do is it begins to dissolve all the impurities of the gold okay and all those impurities fade away and what it leaves is is what they call sponge and this gold the, the actual gold that's inside this rock then become then begins to look like a sponge it, it's transformed it doesn't look like what you would think gold looks like it looks like sponge, you know, it's mushy and, and all this. There's a transformation that happens. There's, there, when it comes in contact with the asses, the impurities fall away. The gold is then transformed into sponge. See, the beautiful thing of God is he wants to not only renew your mind, but he wants to transform your heart, right? He wants to wipe away all the impurities, to get to the very core of who you are. And he transforms, he transforms your heart. Then, the, then the, the third process is this, it's the molding process. So that, that sponge, which is really gold, but it's been transformed, they take that, they throw it back into a crucible, and they burn it in the fire, the, the refining fire. And what it, what it does is it melts down, and um, then it resorts back to its natural state. And it's, it's pure. It's the, the pure gold that then is poured out into a mold. And it is, it is uh, molded out into uh, like a silver bar or, or whatever it is that um, they're making. Um, and, then it, and then it becomes completely pure gold. Okay, so, so we start here with a, a gold ore that really there's... Gold, if you look at it, you can see some of the gold in it. If you shine it in the light, it, it, it sparkles. Um, but it's trapped inside, right? But take a look at this picture. This is a, you can read it up in the corner, 999.9% .9 pure gold. It's, it's 10 ounces of gold, okay? Um, that's about as heavy as a, a Coke can. So when you have a, a Coke tonight, Take a little drink of it. That's about as how heavy uh, that that bar is. Any any guess how much that's worth? This you can actually buy this on eBay. That's where I got the picture. No, okay, okay. I, I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. We'll be here all day. Okay, shh, shh. okay, shh, shh. okay. Shh. You can buy this on eBay for thirty thousand dollars right now. Ten. 10 ounces, that's not a lot. It's not very heavy. Go pick up a Coke can. 10 ounces of gold out of a rock. 
$30,000 of gold inside of a, a rock. Okay? Listen. This, when you look at it, it's unrefined gold, but it looks useless, right? If you saw this on the ground, you'd pick it up and throw it away. You'd kick it down the road and play, you know. You wouldn't think anything about it. It looks useless. It looks worthless. And yet, there's so much, so much value inside of it that will never be realized because it has not been refined. Hear me tonight. God wants to refine your heart because though you may look like this, right? He knows that that's inside of you. He knows what's inside of you. Your heart may look like gold ore, and it may be messed up and, and filled with a lot of junk, uh, but there is something so beautiful and incredibly valuable inside of you that you will never realize if you don't allow God to refine your heart. So we need to renew our mind and refine our heart. What was our other two words? <laughs> Remember and repent. Right? Listen, before the renewing and the refining process can even happen, before any of that can happen, there's a huge step that you have to take, and it's the remember and repent part. Okay? Revelations 2, 4 says this. This is God speaking. He says, I have this against you. There's something that God has against you. There's a, another version says, I have a complaint. This is the complaint I have against you. And he says, you have left your first love. And so he says this, remember how far you have fallen. And then he says, repent and do what you did at first. Listen, there's too many of us that have forgotten God. We have put ourselves up on a pedestal. And we have forgotten our first love. And he says, I have a complaint against you. You have forgotten your first love. So what I need you to do is to remember who you are. I need you to repent and do what you did at first. Let me tell you this, this story. Uh, my pastor at our church told this story just recently in, in, in one of his sermons. So I, I told him I was going to steal it from him. So there, there's this king, and um, his, his, wife, his wife died, and uh, he, he loved his wife so much. And what he, what he decided to do was he was going to build a temple. He, he had placed her um, in her coffin and, 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 you know, in a certain spot, and what he decided to do is he was going to build a temple around his wife's grave uh, as a way to honor her so that anybody that entered the temple would... would could honor, you know, his wife and, and remember her forever. And it was this, this massive building, and he spared no expense, right? He built this temple um, for the rest of his life up until the point that, that he died. And, and then his son took over and continued to build this huge temple uh, in honor of his grandmother, Right? And, um, or his mother, and then, and then uh, the, the grandson got involved as well, and he began, began the work 
to continue to build for his grandmother. So it's three generations building this temple to honor and remember uh, the grandmother. And, and years and years and years went by, and they were just about at completion of this, this temple. And the grandson and some of his builder friends were walking through uh, the, the main room one day, and, and one of the guys said, you know, I've never understood why this box is sitting right here in the middle of the room. And then another one said, yeah, it doesn't even match the decor of the temple. It's, it's old and it's dated. And, and, and the grandson said, you know what, you're right. Let's just get it out of here. And they pick up the box and they take it out of the temple and dispose of it. They, they removed the grandmother from the temple and took it, <laughs> took it out and like disposed of her, right? And the reason they did it is because they had this extravagant building and they forgot why they were building the building in the first place. It became more about the building than it did about the one they were honoring. Listen. Too many of our churches are coming to be more about the building than the one that we're supposed to be honoring. We have forgotten who we are. And maybe because we are the temple of the, the Holy Spirit, maybe you have forgotten who you are and you've, you've elevated yourself above God and, and said, God, forget you. I'm getting you out of my temple. I'm going to dispose of you and I'm going to Worship me. And God is saying, I want you to remember who you are. In, in the amplified version of that, that same verse, Revelations 2, 4, it says this. I have this against you. You have, you have forgotten your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. You've lost the depth of love that you first had. That, that moment when you came to me for the very first time and gave your life to me. Remember that? You've lost that. And so he says, I want you to remember from the heights which you have fallen. And then he says this, listen. I want you to repent. And in the Amplified it says this. Change your inner self, which what? Refine your heart. And then it also says and your old way of thinking, renewing your mind. He wants you to remember and to repent. And the word repent simply means this, to, if you're walking this way, conforming to the world, it means to turn around and begin to walk to Jesus. That's simply what it means, to repent, turn around, stop going this way and go the other way. Walk towards Jesus. Run to the Father. Run to the Father. The end of that, uh, well, let me, let, me, let me show you a little, a little video. Watch this video, and then we'll, we're going to wrap.
So he says, remember, who, he says, you've forgotten. And he's like, no, how could I? And he's like, you, you've forgotten who I am, therefore, or you've forgotten who you are, therefore you have forgotten me, right? And then he just keeps repeating, remember who you are, remember who you are. I believe, based on this scripture that in, in Revelation 2, 4, God is saying, so remember, he's saying to you, remember who you are. You, you've, you've forgotten your first love. Remember who you are. Repent and come back to me. Remember who you are. It goes on to say in that, at the end of that verse, it says, Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm going to take away your example. I'm going to take away the impact that you can have in my name. Doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. That's not what it means. But he is saying, I'm going to, I'm going to show up and I'm going, to, I'm going to take away the example that you should have. I'm going to take away the impact that you could be having for me unless you repent and remember and come back and, and renew your minds and be refined. Listen, we've gone through this week, and I know that we've dismissed each night going to church group time, but we're going to spend a little time in here together, okay? Because I believe that there are some of you in here, you, you came this week and, and you still don't know Jesus. telling you he loves you he loves you more than anything he gave up his son for you and he says I just I just want you to come and be my son be my daughter I want a relationship with you and if you'll just admit that you're a sinner just like we all are and if you'll believe that Jesus died on the cross for you rose again three days later and if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord then you will be saved and guess what you, could, you can sit right there where you're at and bow your head even as I'm talking and, and say God I'm a sinner but I believe that Jesus died for me and so I confess my sin and I ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior you could do that right now right where you're at And then I think there's some that you've forgotten who you are. And God is saying, remember, repent, deal with it. Let's go through the process. Listen, when I was laying in that field and those death birds were all around me and I was dealing with depression, I didn't think I'd ever get out of it. But I stand before you now saying God is a good God. He's real. And no matter how dark your world may be, there is light at the end of the tunnel because Jesus has not let go of you. 
You may have forgotten him, but he has not forgotten you. He will never forsake you. And some of you need to remember and repent and allow this process to begin to happen in your life. And so Cody's going to sing a song, and we're just going to open the altar up. And if you need to come and just say, I don't need to repent. I need to remember I'm coming back to you, and I'm starting it tonight. Or if you need to come and say, I need Jesus for the very first time, and you come and get on your, your hands and knees, and you just pray, Jesus, I, I need you. I don't know the words to say, but I know I need you. Then you come do that. And I guarantee you, this place is going to erupt in praise whenever you go back and you tell your church groups what has happened and, and that you've accepted Christ for the first time. There's going to be a party in your church group time. And guess what? There's going to be a party in heaven too. Cody's going to sing. I'm going to pray. Cody's going to sing. And then this altar is going to open. And Let's just do business. Let's, let's have some church tonight, okay? Father God, in, in Jesus' name, God, I pray that your will would be done. God, I pray that your spirit would fall on this place, and I pray that if there are some that are running from you, they would repent and run to the Father. If there's some that have never given their heart to Jesus, I pray they would get down here tonight, go on their hands and knees, and begin to plea, uh, cry out to you for salvation. God, we love you. Have your way, Lord Jesus. And in your name I pray. Amen. Let's do some business tonight. Y'all stand. I've carried the burden too long on my own. I wasn't created. Done with the hiding, 
some that you're gripping tight to the back of the pew because you're scared. It's okay. If you need to come, come. Just a couple more minutes and we're going to get out of here. This is a safe place for you, I promise. So we're going to dismiss. If you're praying, it's cool. You can stay. But you don't have to. But we're going to dismiss to our church group times. Just pray that you go reverently. Can I, uh, can I just ask a quick question for those of you that, that came down? Is there any that would you be bold enough to say 
you gave your life to Christ for the very first time, would you, would you stand and would you come stand with me? We just want to celebrate with you. God good. God is good. Listen, there's a, there's a party going off in heaven right now. I want you to know the Bible says that, that the angels celebrate when one gives their life to Christ. So y'all just set off a, a big party in heaven right now, right? And so youth pastors and adult leaders, if this is one of yours, be sure you get with them and, and minister to them. Those of you that are here, down here, you need to talk to your youth pastors or, you know, adult leaders. Do that, okay? Be sure you, be sure you talk. Say, if you're dealing with some stuff, man, I get it. If you're dealing with some depression, it's hard. I get it. I've been there, okay? Don't, don't hold it in. Talk about it. Get it out, okay? I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll be dismissed to our church group times. Father God, in Jesus' name, I just pray blessings over each one of these that have given their life to Christ. Father God, I thank you for them. I thank you that they were bold enough to, to come up and do this. And, and uh, God, I thank you um, that we have new brothers and sisters to celebrate tonight. God, I pray for each uh, student, adult leader that's down here. Father God, whatever it is that's going on there in their heart, God, would you just uh, penetrate to their very depths, renew them, refine them, help them to remember and to repent. God, as we go to church group times now, God, would you just be in each room? Father God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'll just quietly be dismissed.